guys, the OG of HRC here, and we are in episode nine. Um, so we decided to do something fun today. Yesterday, I went on Twitter and Instagram and said, ask me all the questions you may have about to figure out more about myself. And you guys responded in a big way and greatly appreciate that. So I have all kinds of fun questions. Um, I tried not to look too deeply into them, so it was very authentic um, when I answered them. Some are fun, some are political, some are personal. So um, I'm not going to be able to answer everyone's, but we'll keep doing this every couple episodes. If you guys like it, let us know. The OG of HRC Way on Instagram and Twitter. Follow us. And uh, yeah, so here we go. We're going to start off with something easy. Um, I was asked, who is your favorite actor, actress? So my favorite actor is probably... Martin Sheen. I love Martin Sheen. Um, I loved him before the West Wing. and I love him even more after the West Wing. I think he's President Bartlett is what we all dream and hope the president would be like. And it's not always the case, but uh, (laughs) I love Martin Sheen. I think he's great. Um, And I love Tom Hanks. I love, love, love Tom Hanks. And I know everyone says that, but I really love Tom Hanks. Um, I love him for Forrest Gump and I love him for Philadelphia and I love him for, you know, saving Mr. Banks where he's Walt Disney, but I also love him because he's Woody and that's really important to me. Toy Story is a huge part of my childhood and later years and, and he's just a good guy and he's a great actor and he's from the Bay Area like I am and he doesn't forget that, that he's from the Bay Area and, um, he's like everyone's dad, right? But I love Tom Hanks, and I love Cary Grant. I love old movies, and I just think that Cary Grant had this charming way about him um, that was so original and still original to this day, and um, his movies I can never get enough of. And he never won an Oscar, shockingly enough. And then my favorite actress is Elizabeth Taylor. She is... I love her for... A million other reasons besides being a phenomenal actress, but um, I remember being 10 years old and watching Cat in a Hot Tin Roof with my dad, and she plays Maggie the Cat, and I just remember I fell in love on the spot, and I, uh, I just think she's underrated because everyone looks at her and thought, oh, she's such a beautiful woman, and she's, but she's so much more than that, and she's so important to me in my life, and um, yeah, she's my favorite actress, and then of course I love Meryl Streep, as we all do. I think she's the best living actor out there, period, point blank. I mean, her roles and what she decides to take and how she goes all in and just gives everything. I mean, the woman was in Mamma Mia, and you believe her? And she was in, you know, uh, August Osage County, which I think she should have won an Oscar for because it's just phenomenal. But um, those are definitely my favorite. I have so many and for so many different reasons, but those those are definitely my cores to say the say say the least but um you know I love Jane Fonda and I love Amy Adams I love Barbara Streisand I love um I lean more towards actresses than actors um I don't know why I guess I just strong women I guess but that's my favorite actor and actresses um the next one is my favorite tv show um currently my favorite tv show oh goodness um probably I love mom I love that show. Um, I've seen every episode, and I've watched them all on reruns, and I just think it's with Allison Janney and Anna Faris, just a, a fun show, and 
original. And I love, I love a lot of reality TV. <laughs> Don't judge me, everyone. Um, there's so much serious stuff going on in the world. And so things like Real Housewives and 90 Day Fiance, I get caught up in those. Um, Real Housewives, I'm not as deeply in love as I used to be because I feel like it sort of ran its course. Um, although New Jersey right now is, is pretty legit. Uh, and I love 90 Day Fiance. I think I'm so amazed that these people, they meet overseas and they quote unquote fall in love and then the whole process you have 90 days to get married and it's just like you don't really know each other and just I yeah I I can't get enough of that stuff I love catfish still I, I love reality shows because it's just it's an escape to say the least but then like tv favorite tv shows of all time I love the west wing like I said we all kind of want to believe that that's how the west wing is ran and it's not, but <laughs> um, I love I love uh, Golden Girls. That's my ultimate favorite TV show of all time. I own all the episodes, seasons, and I've seen them all at least 30 times each. I can tell instantly when they're on what episode it is, but I still laugh. The brilliance of that show is that that was on in the 80s, and they talked about and covered topics that no one else was really talk- talking about. And it's still relevant today. They were talking about AIDS. They were talking about, quote unquote, homosexuality. They were talking about um, ageism, sexism, racism. They covered it all and they did it in a fun way, but still very real. And I just think it's, oh my God, I love that show so much. My grandma used to say to me, how can you still laugh? And it's just, (laughs) because it's just so great. I mean... I can't get enough of it. I watch it almost every single night too because it's on Hulu now. So it's made my life a lot easier than putting in the DVDs. But, um, and I love designing women, the same kind of concept for women and they're strong and they have these distinct personalities and, you know, um, but yet they work together as a whole. And I think I actually, when I was a kid, I love that show so much that I wrote Dixie Carter who played Julia Sugarbaker a letter (laughs) Um, just telling her how much I love the show and how much I loved her character. She's a strong woman on the character and she always like stated her opinion in such a brilliant way. And I wrote her a letter and I actually got a letter back from her. Like she actually wrote me. It wasn't like her people. And she sent me an eight by 10 and it said, bless you, Michelle. And I still have it to this day. And, um, I always wish I'd been able to meet her because I just thought that was such an important moment in my childhood. And, she kind of made it. So yeah, I love Designing Women. That's If it's on, I'm going to watch it. And that too now is on Hulu and my life feels complete because it's on Hulu. But um, I only like the uh, up to the episodes before Delta Burke and Jean Smart leave because after that, it's just, sorry, it's just not good. But um, those are probably my favorite TV shows and Parks and Recreation. Um, I definitely am a Leslie Nope. I believe in like over the top and that everything in the government can work if you work it kind of thing. And uh, Amy Poehler is a genius. And that show is just, uh, it makes you want to believe in the government, small as Pawnee, Indiana is. And uh, just, I could watch that show constantly and it never gets old. So those are my core TV shows. Of course, there's others. but um, And then the next one is my favorite movie. Uh, My favorite movie of all time, Oy Vey. Uh... (laughs) I love, love, love The American President with Michael um, Douglas and Annette Bening. 
where the president of the United States falls in love with a lobbyist, which would never happen. But Rob Reiner directs it and Aaron Sorkin. It was pre-West Wing and you kind of get a West Wing feeling definitely from it. And it's just a cute story. And I could probably word for word the entire movie. And I do when I watch it and I still watch it frequently. Um, But it just, again, it just made me want to believe in Happily Ever Afters, but in DC, which don't exist. So I love that movie. I love Cat on a Hot Tin Roof with Elizabeth Taylor. What's really interesting about that movie is she lost her husband, her third husband, um, Mike Todd, uh, halfway into filming that movie. And back then is when studios kind of owned you and you were under a contract. So they said, we're going to give you two weeks and then you come back and you finish filming. And she came back and she had a really bad stutter. And the only reason she doesn't have a stutter in the movie is because for some reason when she had a Southern accent, which she does slightly in that movie, um, she, she lost her stutter. And so when that movie was, and you watch that movie and you watch her performance and she's just absolutely brilliant and how she didn't win an Oscar for that is, is beyond me, but considering everything she was up against. So when she was done with that, apparently Mike Todd had made a deal with the studio that Elizabeth could be kind of free to take a year off and not film anything because they had just had a baby and they were going to enjoy married life. And so she went to them and said, okay, I'll see you in a year after they were done filming. And they said, oh, no, no. And she goes, what are you talking about? You told Mike. And they go, well, Mike's dead and your contract is with us. So... Um, that's just interesting of how the times have changed. And then she turned around a few years later when they wanted her to play Cleopatra and she demanded a million dollars and they said, okay. And she was the first actress to ever get a million dollars. So that's the heart and soul of Elizabeth Taylor. She got them in the end because <laughs> that movie was a disaster, but she didn't care because she got a million dollars and no other actress had at that point. So, um, Cat on the Hudson Roof definitely is. And, uh, those are my core. Those two are my core, my go-to. I watch those pretty frequently and um, they just make me feel good. And I love the movie The Intern, too, a Nancy Myers movie with Anne Hathaway and Robert De Niro. Just another movie that makes me feel really good. And I love Nancy Myers. I think she's, I think she's remarkable. Um, she's a director. She's a writer. She's done it all. And she doesn't work that much anymore. And it kind of bothers me because I just, those, her movies, she did like Something's Gotta Give. And she did the remake of The Parent Trap and the remake of Father of the Bride 1 and 2. And um, it's complicated with Meryl Streep and just third and The Holiday. Oh my God, that movie's so good. But I love Nancy Myers. I love her style. I love her decisions. She always uses older women in her movies and I just love that. And um, yeah, but The Intern is probably my favorite Nancy Myers movie and one of my favorite movies. Um, and then we have favorite Disney movie. You guys seem to know that I'm a Disney fan. Um, my favorite Disney movie is Beauty and the Beast. I really, really connected to Belle at a young age because first she was brunette. She wasn't a blonde princess. And second, she read all the time. And that was me when I was a kid. I used to read the Babysitter's Club books like they were going out of style. I could not get enough of them. And uh, so I identified with that. And she was strong and fearless and didn't listen to anyone, kind of did her own thing. So I loved her and I identified with that and I still love her. Um, to this day, and I love Toy Story, all four of them, for different reasons. Um, I think that they're brilliant. I wasn't sure I was ready for Toy Story 4. I thought they closed it up pretty well in Toy Story 3, and then I saw it, and it's just, it's amazing. It's a completely different version of the others, but it's kind of okay um, that they did it in a different way, because I think it just works. 
And plus Bo Peep is back, so that's great. And she's like girl power fearless, which I love. Um, so I love Toy Story and I love um, Beauty and the Beast. Those are like my fave, fave, fave. And then I, you know, I like love Moana. I think that that's a great movie. I loved Inside Out. And then I love like the old school movies that I grew up with, like Pollyanna with Haley Mills and Candleshoe and Apple Dumpling Gang. I love those and I love that we have Disney Plus now because they're all on there. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my, again, my go-to. But Oh, and I love Coco. I think Coco was so, it made you feel so great, especially, you know, I lost my grandma not too long after that. And I don't know, it just made me feel like, no, she's always with me. And, you know, um, and it was beautifully just done and just, it's so different. And I love the fact that it was like a musical without just like being like a random musical where all of a sudden they started singing. It, it made sense when they were singing. So, um, yeah, I love Coco. Um, so those are, you know, but most Disney I love. The only Disney thing I don't really enjoy is like Winnie the Pooh. Sorry, guys. I know a lot of you guys love Winnie the Pooh. I love all the princesses. Not too crazy about Mulan, but, you know, I'll take her. <laughs> so the next one is you guys asked, who is my dream guest? I have so many. I really, really, really would love to interview Rita Moreno. I mean, she, to me, I read her autobiography. I've always been obsessed with her um, in West Side Story. I, I always identified more with Anita than Maria because I don't really like Natalie Wood. But, um, and I just, and then I read her autobiography and I just was blown away. And she's on one day at a time now. And I think she's just a gift. She's a P-got. She's not even an EGOT because she has a P-body. And I'm, I was blessed to meet her one time and she was, I hardly ever, when I'm out at events, um, I hardly ever, ever, ever ask my boyfriend like, oh, I want to meet that person or I want to meet this person. I always kind of keep to myself. But when she walked by me, when we were at this event, I thought I have to meet her. Um, and I met her and she could not have been sweeter and kinder. And then when we were leaving the event, um, I felt someone kind of grab my hand. They were behind me and I turned and it was kid you not, you guys, Rita Moreno saying it was such a pleasure to meet you. And I just, I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> um, so Rita Moreno, I would love to interview cause she's had this fascinating life and, um, like she was with Marlon Brando for years and years and they had this toxic relationship and, you know, she's just fascinating. So fascinating. And, um, I would love to interview Jane Fonda, um, because I admire her so much in the fact that when she really believes in something, she goes all out and she doesn't just show up at award shows and say like, this is what you should or shouldn't be doing. She shows up and she's continuously done it. And when she makes mistakes, she owns her mistakes and she moves on and she's 82 years old and she's so fearless and just a true believer in her causes. And, and she's a phenomenal actress, but you know, I just, her voice too is like so soothing to me. It's like the funniest thing. I feel like she could read me like bedtime stories and I would fall asleep <laughs> so fast because I just, her voice is so amazing, but, and she's amazing. So her and, um, I get, and then of course, like Hillary Clinton, I mean, <laughs> you know, who, who wouldn't want to interview that woman? Cause she's, as you guys know, she's so important in my life. So I would love, love, love just to sort of get to the meat and potatoes and, um, Although I will say Howard Stern did a really good job with her. He did a really, really good interview with her. And if you guys haven't listened, you should because that's who she is right there. Two and a half hours of just answering every question he threw forward. So 
Yeah, those are my dream guests. Definitely. Those three women um, I respect so greatly. You know, and then there's like a hundred other women I'd love to interview too. But those are probably top of my list. So we'll see. Maybe we'll surprise you one day. <laughs> um, uh, so now we're going to switch to um, this really amazing question that kind of caught me off guard, but in a good way, I guess. Um, this person put, thank you for sharing about your grandma. I lost mine six months ago. How have you stayed strong because you seemed very close to her? Um, thank you. And I'm so sorry for your loss. It's um, how have I stayed strong? I mean, I have my moments, you know, it's been, it'll be two years in August this year. And sometimes it's, it's a little bit easier and sometimes it's a little bit harder. And I was close to her. Um, she's the only grandma that I had. So, you know, I definitely relied on her a lot and she was kind of like my ride or die. And, you know, um, so I guess I stayed strong because she was strong and she taught my mom how to be strong. And so therefore my mom taught me how to be strong. You know, uh, my grandma raised seven kids alone on a very limited budget and she didn't break and she didn't ever show it if she was breaking. Uh, my grandma was no nonsense. Um, a lot of people will look at it as like, oh, your grandma's not, wasn't, no, that's just how she was. She just was no nonsense because she had to be, but she showed us she loved us in other ways rather than like being lovey-dovey like a lot of grandmas are. Um, she showed us by cooking for us or just like being there for us. So it's hard, but you know, I feel like she's with me and that she's proud of me and you know, she'd be proud of the strong independent woman that I am. And I mean, I know she was, but you know, it's, it's hard though. And, um, it kind of comes in waves. It comes and goes in waves. And I wish I could say like, Oh, it gets easier. It gets easier, but not easier. If that makes sense. Like it's always kind of there. And my family's still trying to figure out who we are without her. It's hard, but I find different ways to honor her and make sure that our family kind of stays together. Cause she was the glue. So I think that's what she wanted more than anything. So um, six months is still really raw. So I'm really sorry. And I know what you're going through. So this one was really, this next one is really cute. It says just a comment. <laughs> Your niece seems like one cool girl. And, um, I guess cause I talk about her all the time. She, I, I will say she is one cool girl. She's 11 and she's cooler than me. She's, she's very sure of herself. You know, she's a superstar soccer player and she's kind and, and she's honest and she's, sweet and she's a really good big sister and she's a really good daughter and she's a really good niece and she gets great grades and so yeah she is one really cool girl and um she beats her own drum and that's really cool to see more than anything else she's sort of uh yeah she is a cool girl so thanks for observing that <laughs> it's gonna make her day okay so we are gonna switch it up here and it says if I had to choose between a best actress Oscar or a, becoming the Democratic nominee, which would I choose? Well, uh, <laughs> I would probably choose. I don't want to. I don't want to be president, so uh, I feel like that's not a job that I ever dreamed of taking on. It's the most exhausting job in the world um, if you take it on seriously, unlike certain people. And best actress—that's a lot of work too, because I see, like, with my boyfriend, being an actor is not. People think it's kind of this easy thing, but um, when he's like preparing for something or he's, you know, and I'm helping him read or whatever, it's a lot of work and it can be exhausting and it can drain you. 
I guess I would say best actress because it's it's work, but it's uh you know being the Democratic nominee, you're like campaigning and oh that's not fun. You're like in Ohio and you're like where am I at right now? You're staying in some motel and it's just it's exhausting and no matter what you do, people are going to be upset with you. So you know I'm not a fan of that. So um I guess best actress. Neither are my dreams, but I mean having an Oscar would be kind of cool. I don't know. <laughs> going to like the Vanity Fair party I think would be actually the cool thing or like the governor's ball or things like that that you always kind of see on TV the insider track because I've never been to those but you know to be around all those really cool people so I guess that I mean that's not ever going to happen but yeah that's a good question um this one's really interesting and I had to think I'm thinking long and hard about it could you ever vote for a Republican you know I'm, <laughs> I'm a true believer in never saying never like if the Republican was like Teddy Roosevelt, then I probably could because Teddy Roosevelt was one cool MFR, and he was a great president. But could I ever vote with the Republican Party where it stands now? No, I couldn't. You know, I, I try really hard to keep an open mind and kind of understand where people are coming for, from and, you know, but I'm very confused right now by the Republican Party because with... 45 they've contradicted themselves so deeply that before it used to be like oh okay we disagree on policy and we disagree on you know you want to have tax cuts and I want to increase taxes so we can you know help schools or whatever it was and somewhere in the middle we'll find each other but right now they've kind of turned into the party of Trump and um it's discouraging so as of right now I could I mean I don't like I said I never say never but it would be very, very hard <laughs> if like a Teddy Roosevelt 2.0 came, maybe, or Lincoln 2.0 or something. There are Republicans that I, that I've over the years that I sort of, I didn't agree with on everything, but that I was like, okay, you know, um, Susan, Col Senator Collins used to be a lot cooler than she is now probably because when she had Senator Snow and they were in Maine together and it was these two women and they were more like independent Republicans and over the years Susan Collins has kind of lost her way without Olympia Snow there. Um, I really used to like Elizabeth Dole just because I thought she was really ballsy. You know, I didn't agree with everything she stood for whatsoever, but again, it was a, more of an issue with policy than what's currently going on. And uh, she ran for president briefly and you know she was supposedly george w bush's i think um vice presidential pick she was on the short short list but you know so there are republicans that i you know and i don't i don't like hate republicans and i don't you know but i just for me personally as of right now i couldn't vote for a republican because i just like i said i'm just confused and perplexed on what's going on do you think that there's a chance that hillary could be chosen as vp if not president in this go round. I don't think so. Simply because you go from getting 65 million votes to let me be the VP. And uh, I mean, whose ticket would she be on? Like, I don't like Joe Biden. I mean, I don't, I don't, uh, no, I don't. I don't think that would happen. And I don't think, I think there's a lot of great VP candidates out there. So no, I don't not. I mean, I know you guys are saying this because you guys saw her on Ellen and she said, no, no. And then Ellen's like, well, maybe. And she was like, well, maybe, but it won't happen kind of thing. But I don't think that's what's going to happen here. Again, never say never, but 
I mean, I can't see her. Being a VP is not necessarily a rewarding job. It's very bland, unless you have a relationship like Obama and Biden had. Um, but even then, it was it's not, you know, this is interesting. <laughs> if Hillary and Pelosi were both were running for POTUS, President of the United States, which one would I vote for? Uh, <laughs> I would vote for Hillary. And I only say that because I think Pelosi is exactly where she needs to be. I think she's a phenomenal Speaker of the House. I am such a big supporter of her. I mean, I named my cat after her. But Hillary has like the whole package, has the foreign policy, has the domestic policy, has so much experience. And, um, you know, that would be a tough one for me. But Hillary is my number one. So <laughs> um, and I just think she'd make a remarkable president. Um, and Pelosi is a remarkable Speaker of the House. And that's what she was meant to do um not that i don't think she would be a great president yeah she would i just think that she does a great job as speaker of the house so i would vote for hillary um so this one is again pelosi and hillary uh besides pelosi and hillary who inspires you in dc there's a lot of them actually there's a lot of great people in dc um i love diane feinstein she's been my senator for most of my life i kind of grew up where she it was like her name was always mentioned because she's from San Francisco and I was across the bridge and um, she was the mayor there and then she ran for governor in 1990 and she lost and then she ran for Senate in 1992 and she won the year of the woman. So I love her. I think she's great. Um, she's a lot like my grandma in the way that like she's not that no nonsense and I love that about her. She just kind of does her job and leaves and uh, she just shows up. I mean, she's the woman behind assault weapons ban she's the woman behind that and I think she's the only one who's ever gotten as close for 10 years they were banned and it's because of her um she fought for gay rights long before it was a thing um I mean she was very good friends with Harvey Milk and uh, and she was there when he got assassinated and I just think she's just stood up over the years and um I I love her I love Senator Patty Murray I think she's great in Washington. She's also been there since 1992, you guys. Uh, she's been there a long time. She's actually the second most powerful Democrat in the Senate. And she just she's another one. She just does her job and she goes home and there's no drama and no nonsense. And she's just, they call her the tennis shoe senator, tennis shoe, tennis, tennis shoe mom senator. Um, she was a daycare teacher before she became a senator. She came in again the year of the woman. I, I really like Amy Klobuchar as a senator. She's the most successful senator on the Hill. I think she would be a good VP pick for anyone, I think. Um, I say that as VP instead of president because I just she doesn't have the black base, the black voting base, because she's from Minnesota and she's never had to. So um, I love Amy Klobuchar. Uh, I love Debbie in Michigan, Debbie Sambo. Uh, I think she's great. Tammy Baldwin in Wisconsin is great. I mean, there's so many people, but I would definitely say Feinstein, Pelosi. Oh, Nita Lowy, Congresswoman Nita Lowy of New York. Um, she's retiring this year, and I'm very sad because she's just a net, she's the head of the com uh, Appropriations Committee, the first time a woman's ever been the head of it. And she's amazing, and I love her, and I'm so sad she's retiring. But I guess you got to retire at some point, right? Feinstein, Senator Murray, those are two that I really, really, really respect in D.C. Again, just because they're worker beasts. You know, um, I think Feinstein's done like 
15 interviews her whole career, like full actual sit down interviews. And she's been around a long time. So, and she just won in a landslide and she's in her eighties. So, uh, you know, she's won every election except for when she ran for governor, um, which by the way, California has never had a woman governor. Just keep that in the back of your minds, guys. Liberal ass California has never had a woman governor. So that's interesting. So thank you for that question. Cause I probably don't, I need to talk about them more, obviously, because obviously I talk about Pelosi and Hillary all the time. Um, it says here that you are passionate about what you believe in and you want what is better for others. Thank you. I try. Um, who is the most influential person in your personal life? And what are my other inspirational aspects um, in my personal life? Um, my mom, because she's so strong and... She really held it down for my family growing up. Um, she was a waitress and she worked her ass off. And my dad did too, but my mom, you know, double shifts and holidays. And, you know, um, I didn't appreciate that until later in life. And, um, you know, I would say another inspiration, influential person in my life is my boyfriend. Um, he's extremely smart. He makes me think of things in a different way. And he challenges me in a really, really good way. And he believes in me and pushes me to do things like this podcast. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's real and he's so smart and it drives me nuts sometimes how smart he is. Um, so, and what are my other inspirational aspects? Um, I would love to one day have a nonprofit that helps at risk kids and foster kids and sort of have like cabins and have horses for equine therapy because um, I rode horses from when I and showed horses from when I was 16 and 15 till 18 and it was my entire world and it helped me through those really tough teenage years and I would love to have sort of a camp for kids um, so they can learn trust and all of that so that's a big goal for myself um, one day everything I've ever set my mind to I've done in my life everything. So I'm putting it out there to the universe. So thank you for that question. Um, so this one is, do you really think the United States can recover from 45? And do you believe that on November 3rd, we will end the turd? <laughs> and are Democrats strong enough to mobilize voters? So the first one, do you think we can recover from 45? Yes. Um, we've recovered from worse than this before you know, slavery, <laughs> uh, civil war, um, civil rights movement was a dark, dark time in our country, um, to name a few. So yes, we're survivors in America. That's how we've always been. Um, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be even tougher if we give him another four years because just of how destructive he can be. And that's his whole goal is to be destructive, to not be progressive but destructive but we can survive um and do you really believe that on november 3rd we will end the turd yes but only way we're going to end him is if we're united as a party it's a huge voter turnout and we have a candidate that can actually beat him in the electoral college um, as we learned in 2016 the popular vote is phenomenal and she did beat him by a lot um, 3 million to say the least, but, uh, it wasn't electoral college. So, and we have to realize that it's not personal with these candidates. I know we all have candidates that we believe in and I get it. I really, truly, truly do. However, we need to look at the whole range of 
who can beat him and who has the black base and who knows how to do this. So that's the only way that we beat him is if we come together. And then are the Democrats strong enough to mobilize voters? Uh, yeah, we did it in 2008 to make Barack Obama president. That was literally because we mobilized voters in a way that we hadn't seen. Um, so yeah, we are. We just can't get discouraged and we can't tear each other down and we can't get caught up in the Twitter noise and the just, you know, um, we can't do it. Of course, we're strong enough. It's just that are we not going to be lazy? I'm sorry, but like staying home and not voting because you don't like the candidate is lazy and you're responsible if he gets four more years. It's that simple. Or you write someone in or you vote third party when it's this serious. Yeah. You know, um, but we got to mobilize voters. That's one thing I will say that Bloomberg is doing a really great job of. He's spending a lot of money to get people registered to vote. That is key. It is kind of sickening how many people are able to vote in this country and just choose not to. That's a gift that we have, and everyone should be voting. If you're 18 or older and you're able to vote, you're not a felon in some states, vote. It's that simple. I mean, this, this last election got down to 70,000 votes made the difference, which is nothing when you really think about it and how large our country is. It's nothing. So your one vote can make the difference. And I just don't think that our, our country is going to come out the same if we give him four more years. Not that we can't survive it, but it's going to be rough. So, yeah, I mean, don't lose hope. We'll we'll get there. Just we have to, like, be united. It's it's insane and it drives me nuts. So this person put, struggling with this 2020 election. What are three things to do or pay attention to this election besides voting? Three things to do. Um, have, make sure your friends, your family, your loved ones are all registered to vote and aware of how it's all works. Um, another thing you can do is find down ballot tickets, down ballot Senate races, down ballot Congress races that are that are close to you and volunteer your time because we have to win the Senate. We have to keep the House because if there is a chance that Trump is president for four more years and we give him back the House and he keeps the Senate, then we're in some serious trouble. They didn't know what to do with it his first two years, thank God. But now they know. They know what to do. And it's going to be destructive. Here's just the truth. I've said this before and I will continue to say it. RBG is not going to live forever. forever and she is going to have to retire at some point. And this is our last shot that we have at honoring RBG. And if we don't win back the Senate, we are not honoring her. And we can win back the Senate. There are plenty of seats that we can win. They are more vulnerable than we are, actually. We were more vulnerable in 2018 in the Senate than they were, which is why we didn't gain it back. But we can do this. There are a lot of great candidates. And by the way, Mitch McConnell, who everyone talks about how horrible he is, he is up for re-election. And there's an amazing woman who is running against him. So it's something like that, like getting involved in that, giving money to that, to take out Mitch McConnell. Take the time to do more than just the presidential election because Pelosi needs our help in the House to keep the House. We got to keep, we got to win the Senate back. So at least those are sort of safeguards in case Trump wins, then, then we're prepared. Then we can stop some of this craziness that he's trying to do. Just You guys have seen just having the power of the House and Pelosi has stopped so much, you know, so 
I, uh, I think that's a really great way is just going and looking at Dan ballot tickets and giving your time and phone banking. And, you know, cause if you don't have a candidate that you're excited about for 2020, I get it for presidential. I get it. I really, really get it. Um, so there's other ways you can help. And that's, that's a huge way. And, um, and what to pay attention to this election, pay attention to the narrative of the media and how um, probably people are going to be like, what, when I say this? But I truly, truly believe that the media loves Trump's ratings. They love what he brings in a way of like they're seeing money like they haven't seen in years. And I think that they want him to win another four years. Um, I know they hate him and they do this, but do they really? Because they don't hold him accountable for the things that they should be holding him accountable for. And instead they focus on the things that it's like the noise and the nonsense. So pay attention to that. I'm seeing with this Joe Biden situation with his son, um, it's sort of the same type of narrative that was Benghazi in emails. And... You know, we don't know if there's a there there. We don't know anything because there's been no investigations. Um, and there probably will be, everyone, um, because they have the power. And that's what happens when Senate has Republican senators have power. Um, so the narrative, though, is very they talk about it 24 seven already because Joe Biden's the guy. Right. And uh, it can destroy his chance of being the nominee or whatever. I mean, a very real thing and and the media plays a part in it because the media i believe wants another four years with trump as much as they say they don't i believe that they do because money matters in that industry so um pay attention to that pay attention to the news and where you're getting it um because it's very easy to get caught up in blogs and facebook postings and thinking that everything's true when it's not do your own research and um, pay attention to what these candidates are promising and who that excites. All I can say is there's a reason why Fox News and Trump and Republicans are standing strong with Bernie Sanders. And it's um, pay, just pay attention to that because, yeah, do your own research and pay attention to that. And then this last one is... Who is inspiring, encouraging, and empowers you? So like people I don't know then, I guess. Um, inspiring, obviously, is Hillary Clinton. I mean, I feel like you guys all know that <laughs> about me. Um, but recently, she's been even more inspiring than ever before. And I didn't think that was possible because I've been ride or die for this girl since I was in elementary school. And um, it's been quite a journey. But... She's inspiring to me now because she just like won't stop. She won't stop no matter what. And I just think that that's remarkable. And she just, everyone keeps wanting to push her and silence her. And she's like, no, I'm, I'm still going to be here. And I want everyone to like think about something for a second too. Um, is that if Joe Biden had ran in 2016 and he lost the Electoral College and he won the popular vote by 3 million votes and he got 65 million people to vote for him, I feel like everyone would be like, why isn't Joe running? Why isn't he the guy, right? They wouldn't be saying go away because they wanted Al Gore to run when he got the election stolen from him and he did get it stolen from him. 
Um, they welcomed John Kerry right back um, as Obama's Secretary of State, and they said, come on back. But for some reason, Hillary's not allowed to sort of stay in the range and sort of, you know, um, but really think about that. If Hillary was a man and had the same record and the same, would, wouldn't they be like, come on over? Yeah, I think they would. Um, who's encouraging to me? I mean, Nancy Pelosi's encouraging to me. Hillary Clinton's encouraging to me. Um, Jane Fonda is encouraging to me. I just see these really strong women just standing up and saying, we're not going to take it and we can't do anything about it to stop us. So, and who empowers me? Um, again, Hillary Clinton, you guys are probably going to get tired of me saying that, but she empowers me. Um, when I hear her, when she tweets, whatever, like, I'm empowered by her to just do more and to keep fighting because that's what she taught me to do is to fight back and fight in the appropriate way. That makes sense. That's really important too is fighting in the appropriate way and the smart way, using smart power, which is what she says all the time, smart power. So, um, yeah, so that's who empowers me. And Nancy Pelosi empowers me too. I think she's just remarkable. She's a woman who was made for the times. And, um, you know, everyone makes mistakes and everyone learns from their mistakes and how these women handle their mistakes is what I love the most. So yeah, that was, that was fun guys. I hope you've learned a little bit more about me and, uh, yeah, if you guys want to keep doing this, just let us know the OG of the HRC way, Twitter, Instagram, subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify. Um, we love you all. And next time we'll have another treat for you. So this is the OG of the HRC signing out. Mm -hmm.